Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Danielle Smith is scheduled to be sworn in as Alberta's next premier. Now, when she is sworn in, she becomes the third female premier in Alberta's history. No other province can make a similar claim. Um, three. Okay. Is it progress? Are we? Are we? Because there's been so much focus on getting more women into politics, and we know some of the barriers, the toxic environment that um, female politicians have to face online and in person in some cases just uh, keeps a lot of people out, understandably. So how does this fit into the bigger picture? Are we making gains? And, you know, it's important. How important is it? To join us and uh, talk a bit about that, we have Dr. Susan Franceschette, who is a professor of political science at the University of Calgary and co-author of Cabinets, Minister and Gender. Uh, Dr. Franceschette, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Oh, thanks for inviting me. So the headline there, um, more female premiers than any province in, in Canada, obviously that sounds like good news, right? I mean, that three female premiers, that's that's something. It Absolutely. And I think um, I'm certainly someone who will always celebrate when, um, you know, when we reach a milestone in terms of women's representation. And I think that having three different women hold the premiership um, tells us something about women's presence in politics being normalized. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, it, and we are now going to be having a second election where the you know when when the um, spring election comes around, where the top two contenders are are women, right? So where you know the outcome is likely going to be yeah. another woman premier, and we had that the last time that um, when Danielle Smith was Wild Rose leader and Alison Redford. Redford. That's right. And and I think what that does is it sends signals about, you know, yeah, women's presence in politics is normalized, which there is quite a bit of political science research showing that that does have an impact on um, especially young uh, young girls and, and women who yeah. see that and think that, oh, you know, that's actually something I can do, whereas normally especially young girls, would just tune out of politics because they look at a, you know, a, a bunch of leaders debating and it's all men. So they assume that politics just isn't for them. Uh, yeah, and a couple of things that I want to I want to come back to. Um, first and foremost, when you mentioned the number of prominent women we have in Alberta politics, I mean, yeah, of course, you're absolutely right when you take a look at the general election. Odds are, I mean, you know, a million to one, we're going to have another female premier elected next spring. But even if you just take a look at the UCP leadership race, doctor, uh, four of the seven candidates for leadership of the UCP were female as well. So we, we've managed to at least uh, get to that place where we have a lot of women in very high-profile positions of politics in Alberta. It's not just, you know, at the premier level, it's right across the board. Exactly. So I think that is also, and I, I, I um, said as much when, when it was clear how many women were competing for the leadership, that this is a really good thing, because for a long time there was, you know, when you would have um, gender equality advocates saying that, oh, we need to have uh, more women in politics and parties need to do a better job promoting women. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you would hear folks saying things like, oh, well, women just aren't interested. They're not 
you know, they're not so ambitious politically. And I think this this demonstrates that that is simply not true. Women do want to, um, you know, participate in politics and they are willing to throw their hat in the ring. And I think that was um, that was a really good thing. It was great to see so many women on the stage. Um, I do want, however, to to say that even though I think it is terrific to see more women's presence in politics being more regularized and normalized, that does not mean that, you know, all the advocates of um, gender equality should, you know, should simply, you know, stop pushing yeah. for equality and say, oh, everything is fine right. now in Alberta or Canada for uh, for women, because there's a whole other set of questions about, well, are these, you know, these may be, um, you know, these may be women, but does that mean they're actually going to use their positions of policymaking influence to support things, policies that are actually right. good for women? Again, a couple of things there, and I think you make such a good point. We're, we're nowhere close to being saying, hey, mission accomplished. No, because we know and we hear about it every single day and we see it every single day, the kind of environment that all politicians are, are subjected to in this country, but it, it's a completely different level when it comes to female politicians, the vitriol, the hate speech, the the nonsense that they deal with primarily online. We still haven't dealt with that, and that, that remains a major barrier, doesn't it? Uh, I agree entirely. So. It's kind of an interesting phenomenon in, in terms of, and I, I mean, it's a horrible phenomenon, but it's interesting in terms of, I don't think we know yet for sure what the consequences are in terms of like keeping women out or in some cases making, <laughs> making women feel even more resolved to yeah. get involved and, 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 you know, take this battle on. But here's what we do know. We do know that women politicians are subject to much more, um, much more uh, like vitriolic threats of violence. Um, they often need more security. I mean, Rachel Notley, when she was premier, had you know way more threats and 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 things going on and a need for security than previous premiers. We know this to be true elsewhere in Canada and also around the world. So that's that is definitely an issue, and it, it remains to be seen what will happen with um, with Daniel Smith. But it's unlikely that she will escape that that kind of uh, that kind of thing. Um, what I I there is some concern that that will you know that that will like keep women out and make them think, oh, this just isn't for me. I don't want to do this. But I also think that, you know, women are stepping up and they are participating. I mean, there's there's some evidence in, in the U.S. that, um, you know, more women are seeking nominations and running for office than ever before, despite the fact that, you know, there's been some very high profile mm -hmm. examples of how it can be quite dangerous. Um, so I think that's that you're right. That is one thing to keep in mind. But I also think when it comes to, you know, whether we can you know, just say, hey, mission accomplished, we're doing great. I think that we have to start thinking about, like, what the policy consequences are going to be, especially because we have, you know, we are going to have in the next election two women running um, against each other, leading two very yeah. different parties that have very, very different um, policy consequences for women, right? If we think about women in the province being... Um, 
being the the um, you know the primary workers in uh, say in the public sector, which you know the two parties have very different approaches to dealing with um, public sector workers and um, and you know the professions that women dominate, whether it's teaching, nursing, healthcare. Um, so I think all of those sorts of things are are important and need to be taken into consideration. We can't assume that just because we have women in politics or women leaders that that is that their policies are necessarily going to be good for women, even though I think it's good for women kind of writ large and society writ large yeah. to say, hey, women belong here. I'm wondering in terms of what we see around the, the world with so many young women in positions of power, and I mean, in some of the very prominent ones, like in New Zealand and in Finland and um, now in the UK, and I mean, we're seeing it more and more, and they're really taking a commanding presence on the world stage. Could that be having an influence on what we see in Canadian politics, do you think? Um, I, it's, it's possible, um, but I think that even, it's also possible that these things are just sort of going on in their own countries due to things that are happening in political parties, in society. And there is, I think, in increasingly this idea that politics is important. And so people are paying attention. You know, the stakes seem really high right yeah, now. they do. And, you know, there, so there's also evidence that young people are um, getting slightly more politically um, mobilized or politically engaged. And it's that young generation where I think you see, um, you know, fewer, you know, gender roles being less constraining. And so perhaps it's, you know, among that generation that women are willing to get in, get involved. Although I still, I don't want to, um, you know, let the, um, especially the more traditional political parties, some of them have not been you know, terribly open to, you know, running more women candidates. And there's still, you know, we may have had, um, you know, many, um, many political leaders of different parties in Alberta, um, women emerging as leaders. But if we look at the federal level, we're not seeing that, right? The We're not seeing either the, the liberals or the um, um, the the conservative party at the federal level right. having you know having women leaders. So I think as much as there's some things to celebrate, there's some things to say. Hey, this is you know we're doing better, but we're certainly we're certainly not there yet. Absolutely, I think that's the perfect point, uh, Doctor. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you being here. Okay. Thanks for inviting me. Bye. That is Dr. Susan Francesquette, who is a professor of political science at the University of Calgary, co-author of Cabinet's Minister in Gender. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance recital. <laughs> And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.